Hey everybody, welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Daniel. And this is where we are making good theology automatic. automatic. Oh man. Well, we're at least attempting to do that. This is uh, this is episode number two, really a follow-up to the pilot episode where we've begun to discuss uh, the importance of truth. Yeah, and using good theology as your lens to decipher when the en enemy or the adversary is trying to use scripture on you, when you have confusing issues that you're trying to sort out what God really thinks, the really only way you can do it is through understanding his heart. Right. If Without that, it's like if if I, one time somebody said, um, oh, I think Marie, my wife, said X, Y, or Z, and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way she would ever said that. I know her so well. Like that is not what was said, exactly. right? And so you can disqualify bad information when you know his heart. Exactly. And I love that you're talking about his heart because it's not just about knowing academic knowledge in your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, although knowing his heart is going to come from knowing his word, but that we would grow in this um, endeavor to to know his word so well, like you said about your wife. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like what yeah, it doesn't she sound would like, say. It doesn't sound like her. Yeah. Like even when the devil was twisting the scriptures and Jesus just knew the heart of God in an automatic way. And so thank you guys for joining yeah. us. Um, anywhere that you're, I don't know if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify Apple Podcasts yeah, or whatever, yeah. However you consume this, we just appreciate when you, you like and subscribe and leave a review. It just helps get the word out about this so more people can hear and, and join the movement. So I want to uh, just give a presentation here at the beginning, Daniel, of the very beginning and what we see of this battle, where really the battle started between not just humanity and the evil one, but between truth and lies. Mm. And so I want to turn to just the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, and uh, read a couple passages, and then we're going to talk about lies and deception. And this is where we're picking up in, in Genesis 2, where God in at this particular moment has created man, hasn't yet created woman. And this is what he says to man. He says, this is the first commandment of God. You may surely eat of every tree that's in the garden. And I just want to point out, this is good theology right here, that God primarily is a God of lavish giving mm -hmm. before he gives any sort of command to not do something. Right, or to restrict you in some way. Right, and, and just that, theological belief alone is so important because so many people think, oh God, if I follow God, it's because, and then it means he doesn't want me to do all these things that I want to do. Yeah. But the truth is God knows what's good and he's a giving God first. He says, he says, enjoy every tree in the garden. But the second commandment was, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it from the day that you eat, you eat of it. You'll, you will surely die. Mm. And so we need to understand that, that, Every commandment that God gives is both for his glory and for our good. Yeah. Okay? So this is a commandment that was given to humanity. Now we're going to pick up where the battle begins in Genesis 3. It says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, now notice what he says. He says, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? So he didn't just say, you know, oh, God's a liar statement. He takes what God says and he twists it just a little bit. He plants a seed of doubt. And specifically, it's a seed of doubt about God's goodness. Like, did God mm -hmm. really say, you know, and you can't eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. 
But God said, you shall not eat of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, which is what he did say. And then she says this, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Mm-hmm. But he didn't say that. And this is what religion does is it starts to add to the word of God. It starts to add these commandments. When you start to doubt God's goodness, it gets you to say, oh, maybe you know God doesn't want me to do all these things. But that's not what he said. We have to really know not only what he said, the truth of what he said, but the heart behind it. Now watch what happens. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now here's the lie. For God knows that when you eat of the when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he starts with this deception, just twisting the truth, an invitation really in the heart to doubt God's goodness. And then it's an offer that sort of this invitation to believe that you can be your own God. Mm-hmm. No, no, God isn't trustworthy. You can be like him. You can you can take the throne back in your life and be your own king, your own queen, your own God. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, all temptations to the flesh, and that it was... Uh, the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and she gave some also to her husband who was with with her and he ate. Now, I'm just going to put this out here. This isn't about what the episode's about. But if you recall, God gave the commandment to the man in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then and she wasn't all, even there. She wasn't happened. even there yet. Yeah. But we always blame Eve. Oh, it was the woman. It yeah. was the woman. But the truth is, actually, to be honest, in many ways, sin entered the world because of lack of male leadership. Mm. he didn't lead his wife he's the one that got the commandment and she knew about the commandment because he told her but he didn't he didn't take leadership in that moment and so they ate together of course sin ultimately falls on both the shoulders of both of them and all of us because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god Mm. decided to make ourselves god in one way or the other now i just want to point out to you uh as we finish this passage start to notice what takes place through through deception through lies and basically through sin. So they eat of it, they eat of it together, and then this is what happens, verse seven. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and so they sewed fig leaves together, and they made for themselves loincloths, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. And the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because mm. I was naked and I hid myself. And he said... That escalated quickly. It escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm naked. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you? I love the questions that God asks, by the right. way. Because it's not like he doesn't like know. Like he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Every time God asks a question, it's really him giving us the opportunity to own up to what we've done. Mm-hmm. Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave me, she gave me the fruit of the tree. (laughs) We're going to loop back to that one. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And now I'm going to pass this back to you after I highlight. Oh yeah, This is the progression, Daniel. Number one, God gives a commandment that is always for his glory and for our good. What happens? The evil one comes in and sows little deception, starts to get us to disbelieve God and his goodness, and then the evil one speaks an all-out lie. 
Mm. This is why the battle between truth and lies is so important. He starts with deception. He speaks lies. Ultimately, sin enters through that means, through believing lies and making action. And then this is what it produces. And you need to recognize this progression because it's not just from the Bible. It's what happens in our life. It's good. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, let's discuss this. I believe this is what happens in our life. When we sin, we have a recognition that something is wrong, which leads to conviction or guilt and shame. And sometimes those look the same. I think, personally think that that the difference between those things is what we do with that feeling, 100%. whether it leads us to repentance or totally us- agree. And we've never talked about that. So, so when sin comes in the world, you do something wrong through a lie, disbelieving God and his character and what's good for you. Sin comes and it, it, it provokes this feeling in you of conviction and it, it leads you to do these things. It leads you to cover yourself, which the biblical theological word for that is atonement. Mm-hmm. You're trying to cover yourself. They sewed for themselves fig leaves. It leads you to hide from God. This is what they did, and this is what we do. We hide from him. It leads you to fear the only thing that you shouldn't fear, which is God. It says that we heard you coming and we were wow. afraid. And then it leads you to blame other people. And this Ooh. is so funny. Adam says, <laughs> the woman. No, no, no. The woman you gave me. It's almost you like you did this to me. It literally like almost <laughs> yeah. like Adam was blaming God. Yeah. It was the woman's fault or it was your fault, God. And then God turns to the woman and she said, The devil made me do it. Mm. And so this is the progression of what sin does in our life. What do you think? Wow. I mean, it's a treatise on how um, not only sin enters your life, but how it takes hold. And if you repeat and engage in that pattern, you get further and further away from wholeness. Um, I love the atonement, the covering is tone. I would think in a modern expression, we'd say we justify, you justify your actions. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, you know, because really ultimately what you're doing, it's it's so interesting to me that in, in culture, uh, for example, if me as a Christian, I take the word of God as the highest truth right. that I myself go, oh, if I'm out of alignment, I should adjust and get back into alignment. If I think your life is out of alignment, but you don't even believe there's a God, you still need something for me. You want me to say that what you're doing is okay. And it's simply the one thing I can't do. Oh. And it's the first step in that. Pass it back to you. Oh, that is, you are hitting on you are hitting on this cultural moment right now. Oh, for sure. It is not yeah. just, okay, we disagree. Yeah. The world right now is saying, if you don't say that what I believe is right, right. you are phobic, yeah. full of hate. It's, it's, it is literally like you can see this cycle and, and, um, they have to, they, or anyone, any sin, me, I have these tendencies. We all do. Like when I am living in a sin or believing a lie, and oftentimes it'll come from my wound or my insecurity or something that you know, I don't feel good enough or whatever, I'll justify X, Y, Z actions because it makes me okay in the moment. Right. But ultimately God's greatest design for me is wholeness to where I can push through that uncomfortability and maybe even pain to achieve something better for me and ultimately for others, people close to me, like my wife and my children. A, you know, there's a good phrase and it's so simple and psychological, but it's true. Hurting people hurt people. Right. And that's what this cycle does because right. the end of the cycle is you blame other people for your sin. Right. It leads to broken relationship, not yeah. just with God, which is what sin does just yeah. to be clear scripturally speaking, like when you sin, you are separated from God. You, there is a rift between you and God. 
Yeah. But it doesn't just stop there, mm-hmm. which is the worst thing that could happen is a rift between us and God, but it leads to brokenness within humanity, which is what happened with them. No, they're yeah. blaming each other now. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens today. Yeah. And so what would have what what would it have looked like if Eve would have had good theology? If she would have been theomatic. Yeah. If she would have let good She had this pot if only this podcast was around. <laughs> I mean, we could have if really only she could have heard this podcast. So many things that we could have just stopped. No. Right. So what what would that have looked like? So because this is the same, really the same progression that we all face every day. We start to have a thought, and maybe it's specifically planted from the the by the way, the devil is not attacking every single one of us. Yeah. This is for a different episode, but uh he is not everywhere. He He's is not one fallen at angel at one place. So but there are yeah. there are demons and there are spiritual forces that so for what whatever it might be, there's there's a thought you have, whether it's from your flesh or being put there, um, some lie from the spiritual forces of evil mm-hmm. that come at you and are tempting you to question God and his character and to make a a, a sinful yeah. decision. What what would what would have happened if Eve would have what should she have done? Well, what well first of all the, the Torah had not been written yet, so there was no scripture as we know it today. But she knew the word but of she God. She knew His words His exactly word. what He had spoken. Now Eve's really interesting because which by the way is the reason why we value the Bible. It's not it. about pieces of paper with black letters on it. It's because okay. we want to know God. Hundred percent where I'm going. Worse, yes. <laughs> What we believe, what you and I believe in, I would say no, and I think you can know it too, but it starts with like a step of faith or a small belief, and then it's like a loan. Think of it this way. You get a loan, you get all the money, and then you pay it off over time. This is similar. You start with believing the truth, and then all of a sudden, the Lord's going to pay it off over time. Like, you're going to be, okay, I am believing right. Okay, it is true. It is true. Honestly, it becomes more true every day that I believe it and live it. It is more true to me today than it was 10 years ago when I was just a zealot. Right. It is so visceral and real and helpful and hopeful. So so um, Adam obviously transmitted the command to her, right. but she, she had spent time with God. She right. was in the garden, in his presence, and what she should have done was the moment anyone asks you or, or says, did God say this or is God like this? That is your moment to pause and remember and look around and see all of the good. And 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 why would God create, so in Eve's case, why would God create millions of trees that she can't eat from? And this is exactly what happens to us today. We start to myopically focus on the one or two things that are wrong in our life, mm-hmm. and we begin to believe false things about God, and we miss all the absolutely incredible things that he's done for us. Right. Which, in three episodes, we're going to have a Thanksgiving episode that's going to be the antidote to that. Totally. That's what I was just going to say is yeah. she, what she should have done, and there's probably a bunch of things, but she could have started by rehearsing the goodness of God. Yeah. Started by reminding herself of the truth of God that she know that she knew from his mouth. Craig, she could have asked creation. him. She could have She could have literally asked him. him asked yeah. Him. Hey, did you say this? This guy's saying that you're saying You know what? Let me check. Honestly, and 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 we should do this. I do this and I know you do this. If someone asks me something that I don't know, I don't guess at what God says. I'm like, you know, I don't know. I should go ask him and read. Right. There's so many things that start as questions but are veiled attempts to plant doubt about who God is. Exactly. Yeah.
So she could have remembered what he's done. Yeah. She could have gone to him. Remembered, rehearsed, rheumatated, meditated. I mean, all those things, right? Had a discussion with her local church, <laughs> i.e. Adam. Yeah, her church of one. Yeah. <laughs> I just love this passage because, and it's helped me. Like, here's the thing about good theology. It's not just, oh, I know what happened back in Genesis chapter two and I can quote it. No, good theology should be so practical to your life. And this passage has been to me. I'm starting to recognize when I'm getting off off track and mm. away from God's heart because of this example. And that's and that's probably more than just knowing the facts about what happened. It's probably what we want our invitation for you, everybody listening to this, that you'd begin to think this way. Number 1, I do believe that God is good. Yeah, start there. Number 2, I'm choosing to believe theologically that what he says is good for me. Mm. And and number three, that when we face temptation, trial, whatever it might be, moments, sin decision moments, moments to veer off the track, moments to become our own God, mm -hmm. that we would do the work, re recognize the situation and do the work of of getting back to God's heart yeah. and letting our actions and our response be to his truth, not based on our flesh or what we desire. Yeah. Well, and, and so many of those, she went down the chain and at the end really was sin and the, the doorway to sin is temptation and temptation always starts or um, always has one of these components. It's either a good desire that we have, that God has a way to deliver that need to us, that the enemy or the adversary offers it to us in a way that we're not supposed to get it. So it's actually a good thing. It's a good end. It's either feeling peace or feeling whole or feeling confident or knowing who you are. He'll offer you a counterfeit. Right. God has the real thing for you. Right through the process that he gives us, right? So we got to remember that it's okay to have needs. Those are real things. It's, so good, it's good to have desires. Like C.S. Lewis says, like, there is such a thing as hunger because there is such a thing as food. Like, right. And everything you need for life and for godliness, God will supply for you. Exactly. Um, so so just throw one thing oh, yeah, yeah, before yeah, you go continue. for it, yeah. St. Augustine said, the essence of sin is disordered love. Ooh, that, that I've never heard that, yeah. and I love it. Yeah. I already got a tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> we'll cover that. <laughs> this is an old theologian. <laughs> no disordered love. So, so yeah, disordered like love. That's good. It's idea that that God is literally King of the universe and above all. But what the devil was saying is, oh no, no, no. But you can be like him and take him, mm. take it out of order, put yourself above it, or and so. Yeah, most most good thing. So that all the devil can do is twist what God's created or yeah. lie about it. Yeah. So, sex that's actually a good thing that God created. Super but the good. devil is twisting its use and trying to offer you personal pleasure and fulfillment in mm -hmm. an ungodly way through yeah. a godly thing. Yeah. And so we just have to remember. And and, and, and the way that you're getting sex, like let's just talk about like pornography. Um, a that industry does not treat women properly. It's terrible. Like it is awful, right? And so you're getting a benefit at someone else's detriment. Like right. right, just like let's just start digital. Like just you're not well, I'm not actually doing anything with a real person. It's like some there is a real person on the other end being affected by your desire to consume this 
out of, out of order from what God designed, right. right? Whole industries are built on the abuse of women and, and in some ways the abuse of men. It's, it's this disordered thing. And so, so the heart here is like, while you might be doing something that you don't understand is bad for you, I guarantee there is someone around you, within you, or affected by your sin. All sin can do is lead to death and destruction, period, end of subject. Exactly. And, and you give us enough time, you watch enough of these, we will prove it to you, right. both narratively, anecdotally, scripturally, and otherwise. The battle between truth and lies has been raging from the beginning, mm-hmm. and the power of the Word of God, actually the Word of God might be the most powerful thing in the universe. Remember, it wasn't with his muscles or with machinery that he created everything, it was with his Word. Although he's, he has muscles. Although, he, although he's, <laughs> although he's ripped. He does cross <laughs> He's <fit>. small. <laughs> he does cross Oh, fit. no. Jesus died on the cross <laughs> wah, wah, Trademark, no. Wah, okay. Uh, God, God created in the beginning through his Word. Yeah, that's good. Right? In the beginning, he spoke truth, and it was combated with lies. Mm-hmm. Sin entered the world because we believed lies and deception. Mm-hmm. And this is why, even when Jesus came, all all the years later, it says that the word was made flesh. Come on. And then in Romans 10, it says, in order to be saved, you must have faith. In order to have faith, you must hear. hear. Yeah. And in order for somebody to hear, somebody has to speak. Preach, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is why what we're doing is important, which is why every believer filled with the mm-hmm. Spirit of God and the truth of God must open their mouth and share yeah. because it is not just through humanitarian effort and action that the world has changed. It's through the Word of God, hearing and faith, because it has always been about truth versus lies. That's good. And so as we close this episode, we want to invite you to believe that, mm-hmm. to um to not just hang on every word that we say, because truly we're not going to be able to offer everything about, you know, all the truth of God. This is an invitation that you would dive into knowing his word and knowing the spirit of God and, and getting a, 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 a grasp of his heart, that his heart would change your life. So any final thoughts? The thing that we can give you is not knowledge transfer. It's a testimony. We can testify Thing, and and I wish I could spend time with every person and just recount God's goodness and his faithfulness in my own life. It's even emotional to think about how good he has been. Even when there's trouble, he's good. What we can offer you and loan you is our faith while you start yours. I'm telling you right now, like I know my own name, God is real. He is for you. He loves you. He proved it on the cross. And he is absolutely waiting and excited for you to enter a covenant with him that will never end unless you were to end it. Like he will never quit on you. He is for you. And I'm testifying to that um, and give me enough time and I can prove it and he'll prove it too. Well, thank you again for joining us. I'm Craig and this is Daniel. This is the Theomatic Podcast. And if you don't have a local church, we want to invite you to find one wherever you're at in the world because this life and journey of faith is meant to be done with other believers. So we love you all. God bless you. Peace. If you would subscribe and leave a review and a comment and share this with somebody, you can help be part of the team to get the word out. And we'll see you next Next time. Next week.